This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host, David Cruz. This is David Cruz with the Comstock Report. The one saving grace for much of the Corn Belt this season has been the high-pressure system parked in the Atlantic that has been spinning air clockwise around it, pulling Gulf moisture up into the continental U.S. The moisture flow has been open from the Gulf. Almost no moisture has come from the northwest. That has left Canada high and dry. Rain now will be too late for their crops. There's been a boundary formed by the jet stream that has kept most of the rainfall triggering events confined to the southeast two-thirds of the Corn Belt. Sometimes that meant six to ten inches dumped on Illinois while it was parched in North Dakota. The moisture has made its way further north, but organized fronts to trigger general rain has been lacking in the northwest third of the Corn Belt. Rains that have occurred have been convectional thunderstorms type activity, of which the models have a very low ability to predict when, where, and how much intensity for rain that falls. When they do trigger, amounts in coverage vary widely. We have farms 10 miles apart, and one got 2.5 inches from three different rains, and the other about 1.7 inches, also from three different rains over the past week. Each farm got a good rain that the other farm didn't get this past week, showing how isolated that they could be. Where I live in Spirit Lake, we got eight-tenths of an inch total, also from three rain events, and some do. My nephew's farm, three miles south of Royal, got a tenth of an inch, while Royal itself got over an inch. That kind of difference can occur from one side of the farm to another. There were a lot of haves and have-nots this past week. My farm's got nothing when it was highly forecasted and surprise rain that wasn't. Again, that is typical because models cannot forecast convection well. Minnesota and Wisconsin got some helpful rain, while Iowa got less coverage than forecasted. Soybeans should benefit most from water. It was far from being a general soaking rain. Rain received will help stabilize corn but not repair yields, while these rains could not be much timelier for the soybeans. On balance, however, for the corn belt, both topsoil and subsoil moisture levels continue to be in retreat on average. Subsoil moisture levels are depleted, so as he returns in a dry forecast during peak crop use, crop stress will intensify. We've been close enough to see the lightning and hear the crackling thunder, but get no precip from storms we live in Spare Lake. The farms, however, where the rain is important, got helped. Unfortunately, the forecast is now hot and dry again. Frankly, that could extend that way through the rest of the growing season, even fall and winter, as the La Nina takes hold again. I suppose that it is too soon to talk about depleted subsoil moisture reserves for next year. Farmer surveys for the August crop report were taken in late July. The result will then be balanced against the weather forecasts for the remaining season. There's still plenty of heat in immediate forecasts, some more stress degree units will accumulate. This will add to the already debilitating total that will send corn crop condition here south again. Last year, farmers told USDA in the July survey for the August report that their crops would yield much better than they did. The farmer estimate was not far out of line with the crop condition report at the time. Most of the yield erosion occurred after the July survey was taken. Will something similar happen again this year? I doubt it. Crop condition ratings are already much lower than they were at this time a year ago. I'll be surprised if farmers report trend line yielding record production this year, which is where USDA started their yield projection at 179.5 and 50.8 bushel per acre. Crop condition ratings do not support that. 
Some analysts put out two sets of numbers, one for what they think the USDA is going to say Thursday, and another for what they think the crop will be at harvest. We are at 173 bushel per acre for corn and 50 bushel per acre for soybeans for what we think the crop will be at harvest. The only reason that our corn yield is a bushel better than last year at 172 is that we think that a million acres will not be harvested for grain, which boosts the yield slightly. USDA will also use satellite data in the August crop report. Vegetative surveys August 1st were not as good as those a year ago. Given a global perspective, Brazil's corn crop is a disaster, while record heat in northern China and drought in Ukraine are trimming back corn production in those key corn-producing countries. Any bad-mouthing of Chinese demand that weakens the markets is an opportunity for the bulls and Chinese buyers because it is false. They will buy more corn next year than they did this year if they can find it. Corn still $10 a bushel in China, $8 a bushel in Brazil, and $5.50 in the United States for new crop. Globally, the U.S. has the most competitively priced corn. You've been listening to the Comstock Report. For more information on marketing opportunities, contact us at Comstock.com or call 712-227-1110. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits.